The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Small things, big difference. You know, and it's amazing how, you know, many times we look at people's lives and particularly people that have the things we desire or have achieved the things we want to achieve. And we are looking for that big thing that you're doing. There must be some superlative secret to their success. And we are curious about the big things that they are doing. But in most cases, if not in all cases, like we said last week, that it is the small things that no one sees that makes the big difference that everybody wants. It's the small things that nobody sees that makes the big difference that everybody wants. Years ago, um, I just got saved. I was in university. I was in my final year. And um, I had a pastor on campus at the time. And when I want to pray, I began, I begin, I used to see a lot of images of the bad things I used to do. I used to see, see pictures and, you know, when I'm at lectures with my friends, no problem. When I'm playing or reading, no problem. But as soon as I kneel down to pray, boom, 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 boom. I mean, I was convinced that maybe my salvation is not proper. It's not well done, you know. Some people are born correct. Some people are born wuru-wuru, you know. I was thinking maybe I was born wuru-wuru. So, I, I, I mean, I went to my pastor. I was ready for deliverance because I was sure I needed deliverance. How come it's only where you want to pray? You know, you'll be seeing all sorts of images. So I went to my pastor and I said to him that, look, listen, this is what's going on. I need deliverance. I need help. And he listened to me, very patient guy, and said to me that, you know what? Begin to read your Bible. Start from the book of John. And just read the book of John over and over and over again. And I can't remember if, if he prayed with me. And he left. And, and, I, and I left fellowship that day and I was like, <laughs> I went to this guy. I needed deliverance. I wanted him to shake me like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and <laughs> the guy said, I should just read the Bible from the book of John. I was like, okay, I'll read. And I started reading the Bible from the book of John. I can't remember how many times I read the book of John. Over and over and over. I did not know when the change happened. I kneeled down and my expressway is clear. No issues, no images, no struggles. And I went back to him. I said, oh, it worked. And he smiled. 
It is the small things that no one sees that makes the big difference that everybody wants. The question to you and I today is this. What is the small thing that you are doing today? What are the small things that you are doing today that will trigger the big thing in your life tomorrow? What are the small things that, that God has led you to seeing or to knowing in your life that he wants you to do? He wants you to realign. That will make the big difference tomorrow. What is that thing? Begin to do it. Begin to do it. Last week, we um, saw that everything begins with our thoughts. Everything begins with the thoughts. With the mind. Everything. Your thinking. That's where it starts from. And we explained that our thought determines our attitude. Our attitude determines our words. The words we speak determines the actions we take. Over time, when we keep taking action repeatedly, our actions determine our habits. And our habits determines our what? Our destiny. So many times, we all want a great destiny and you will fulfill your great destiny in Jesus' name. We all want the great destiny and in God's baby house, we, we our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus released into our taking the world for him. But it's this big thing everyone wants, it's determined by this small thing no one is paying attention to. And we said one of the greatest misconceptions is that you can have a crappy thought life and have a great life. You know, you know we think that we, we can just have a crappy thought life. Our thought life can be anything, but we, we are praying, we are fasting for, for greatness. It doesn't work like that. The small things determine the big things. And again, if you missed last week, please get the, um, the teaching. And we explained that today, last week we looked at thoughts, today we are going to look at words. We are going to look at words, and next week we are going to look at actions. Actions. But words, today, this is where we are Focusing on words are so powerful. Everything. In the beginning, when God wanted to create the heaven and the earth, what did he do? He spoke. 
Let there be light. And there was light. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. You can't separate God from his words. You can't. God's word is God. Similarly, you can't separate a man from his words. A man is his words. If a man is good, then his word is good. If his word is good, then the man is good. If his word is no good, then the man is no good. You are dating a guy, his word is no good. And you are praying that God will change him when you get married. <laughs> That's a, a, a transformation. If his word is no good, the man is no good. And same thing with God. And that's why God, God honors his word even above his name. Why? Because that is all he has. That's his integrity. It's his word. The words we speak are so powerful. Totally so powerful. That it determines everything. Obviously it starts with our thoughts. But you see, by the time he finds expression in our words, then things, creation, creative power is released. Creative or destructive power. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, verse 21. says that the tongue has the power to life. Remember, the power to life and death. So the tongue can be life-giving and the tongue can be life-taking. When we don't win the battles in our minds and we let the negative words come out of our mouths, we release creative power into our destinies. That's how it works. When we allow the negative words come out of our mouths, we are releasing we are creative energy to, the, to our destinies. That is how it works. The, can you put the scripture back on? The tongue has the power of life and death. So, has the power of life and death. So, if you want to change the life you have, you have to change the words, the words you speak. That's what the Bible is telling us. If you, if, you, if you want to change the life you have, you have to change the words that you speak. If you want to change the marriage you have, you have to change the words that you speak. If you want to change the career you have, you have to change the words that you speak. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this, that if we make small changes in the words we speak, it will make a big difference in the life we live. If we make the small changes that are required in the words that we speak, it will make a big difference in the life that we live. You need to make the change in the words that you speak. You need to make the change. James 3, 3-5 says, 
we can make a large house go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. You see, small things, big difference. Small bits in the mouth of the tongue uh, of, of, of the horse will direct the whole horse. And it goes on. And a small ruder, rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Small rudder change just the cost of the big ship. Small things make big difference. A big difference. So small things, big difference. If you go on in that scripture, it says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Every war that has happened on earth started with words. Every family feud that is currently going on started with words. Every time husband and wife have been physical and beat themselves up, it started with words. And we slap you. They never burn you. They never burn you reach that side. Me? Okurimeta. You try it. Then you will know who you have married. Then we hear, and the battle starts. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It always starts with the, the words. Small thing, big difference. It says, but... A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Tiny spark. Tiny spark. You could say, oh, this words I'm, I'm speaking is boiling in my heart. I just, I just need to, he has to hear it. He has to hear it. She has to hear it. He needs to feel the pain. She needs to feel the pain. You say the word, small spark, you've set the whole house on fire. There are things, I mean, there was, Someone, the man has not been intimate with his wife for about two years or something. Gone for deliverance, gone for many things. They sleep on the same bed, but they won't. <laughs> so, long story short, by the time we got to the bottom of it, it was the word she, she said some things to him. That nullified all his mojo. And the guy says that he tries even when he's with her. But the guy doesn't stand up. No action. But anytime he's outside. The youth coppers in his office. Ah, that the guy will be as hard as a little rock. But when he gets home. It's like a vegetable. Pastor, and it is the words that she spoke that crippled him in that relationship. Obviously, God helped them and all that. And today, they have a vibrant relationship. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> now, the key thing here is this. We underestimate the power of the word. Show me a bad marriage. I will show you a marriage that I've encountered life-taking words. Show me a good marriage. I will show you a marriage that is encountering life-giving words. Show me someone that is enjoying their career. You will, if you check in that career, there's someone, maybe it's the boss, maybe it's the colleague, that is speaking life-giving words. Someone that is frustrated at work. If you check, there's someone that is speaking life-taking words. The words you speak determines the life you live. Nobody likes to be around people that are always negative. But everybody wants to be around people that always have something good to say about you. True or false? You just want to find a way of being around them. In Proverbs 12, Proverbs 12, from verse 18, verse 18, it says, the words of the reckless <laughs> pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise does what? Brings healing. God wants your tongue to be described by the tongue of the wise. When people you do life with, like I, like I will say time and again, when they leave your presence, what are they living with? Have they been pierced with swords? When, when your friend, your driver, your cook, or, or your colleague, I, I want to say your boss, but I'm like, then you'll be fired. <laughs> Most people know how to control their mouths with their bosses. You know how it is when you're with your spouse. Oh, I didn't know what came over me. I just had to say the negative things I said. But when you're in the bus or with your boss, no matter the negative thing that wants to come over you, <laughs> you say the right things. <laughs> Otherwise, you get fired. Do you know why? Simple. You have the capacity to control your mouth. You do. You just need the right incentives. Hallelujah. You have the capacity. You have the capacity to, to be nice to your wife. You do. How do I know? Aren't you nice to other ladies? It means you have the capacity to be nice to your wife. You have the capacity to be respectful to your husband. Simple. How do I know? Because you respect other men. You say, but, but, but pastor, that man is a man of timber and caliber. <laughs> but, but you see, the truth, is that, the truth is that your husband is also a man of timber and caliber. Guess what? You don't need another person to recognize it before you. Yeah? It's in you. 
Tell your neighbor, it's in you. <laughs> it's in you. In Proverbs 15, Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A perverse tongue does what? It means to crush the spirit. means that the person is speaking mean words. Perverse tongue. Very mean words. Did you look at, I mean, someone came to the office. Well, he or she feels he has dressed well for the work. Gets to the office. And you look at the person and he says, ah, you don't get me rough for house. That is a mean thing to say. They say, but pastor, it's the truth. It's a mean thing to say. You see someone that's struggling in, in an area, and, and, and you say, I mean, why are you still single? And there are men in that your church. It's a mean thing to say. Why are you not like your sister? Very mean thing to say. Ah, uh-uh. How long do you say you've been married again? You don't have children. You don't know how to do this thing. <laughs> it sounds, for some of us, it sounds remote. But you say, Pastor, I've, I've, I've had to deal with so many things. You know? When my wife and I were trusting God for the fruit of the womb, I've had someone come to try to teach me how to do it. Say, listen, you are not doing it. This is how to do it. I'm like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Stop saying mean things to people. You see, God is going to hold you accountable for it. The words you speak. The words you speak. Make up your mind that you will only speak life. You know, there, there are so many of us that we have been battered in our upbringing. Maybe it's your father that has spoken horrible things over you. And those words are haunting you, like flogging you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I cancel the effect of those words now. Why? Because the words of life swallows the words of death. The same way the rod of Moses swallowed all the snake of Egypt. The word of God proceeding from this place hereby swallows all the negative utterances over your life in the name of Jesus. For some of us, it's a bosses. For some of us, people in authority around us, it doesn't matter. God cancels it and you are free. In the mighty name of Jesus. It's so important that we speak life. That we speak life. Life, please bring up that scripture again. Thank you. Proverbs 15, yeah. It says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. How do you feel when someone says to you, I believe in you. 
I know you can do this. How do you feel? How do you feel when someone trusted looks you in the eye and says that, look, you are better than this. I know you can achieve more for yourself. How do you feel when someone speaks the word of life to you? We feel, we feel fired up. And it's the same thing. God wants you. The Bible says it is a tree of life. God wants you to be the one speaking it. Say to your wife or your spouse, your husband, I couldn't have married a better person. You are the best thing that ever happened to me, baby. <laughs> Bo, <laughs> say it. You're like, I should say it. Yes. If I had to marry again, guess who I would marry? Heart is racing. You. of life. It is a tree of life. So what we, we need to do, you know, last week we did thought audit. So what we need to do, we need to do word audit. You need to say to yourself and ask yourself this top question. When I'm talking to other people, where am I on this scale? One means life taking. Ten means life giving. When I'm talking to other people, if you say things like, you know, the things that I've said that are, you know, some people pride themselves that they are masters of cynicism. You know, they always say negative things or cynical things. Then you are, you are 0 0.5 on this scale, <laughs> you know. On the average, if, if, I, if I were to ask people I do life with, what will they say? And that's another thing. My words are to them. And my words... Life-giving or life-taking. If you are, Pastor, they abuse you, and I also they bless you. I they do the two together. <laughs> You're a four. I thought it would be five. It's four. Okay, maybe five. <laughs> but if you find out that you do a lot of positive words, positivity always comes out of you. Life-giving words, then 
you can come in this direction to others. Now, why you have said that about others? Another question you need to ask yourself, all that you need to have is that for myself, the words I speak to myself, are they life giving or are they life taking? Do I talk myself down? Do I talk myself down? Do I encourage myself? Do I always need someone outside? So if I talk myself down, you're here. If I, if I, I mean, I mean, I always talk good to myself. You know, you are somewhere here. But if I need an outsider, somebody from outside to tell me good things so that I can feel good, you are here. Maybe four or five. Take the audit. And the question is, where are you? Life-giving, life-taking for others. Where are you? Life-giving, life-taking for yourself. If you are not nine or ten, nine or ten, you have work to do. In fact, you need to get this message and put it on what? Auto-play, auto-replay. <laughs> so I can hear it over and over. Say, but pastor, I mean, I'm a seven, not good enough. I'm an eight, not good enough. Because that's what God wants from you and I. That's what he wants from, from us. So, so what we are saying is this. If you want to change the life you have, you have to change the words you speak. If you want to change the life you have, you have to change the word you speak. Proverbs 15, 28. Proverbs 15, 20 says, The heart of the godly does what? Thinks carefully before speaking. When? During, while speaking, after speaking, before speaking. But the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil. You know? So what's the Bible saying? What's the word of God saying? The word of God is just saying that if you only think after you have said awful words, you're a wicked person. That's what I say. You know, some people will say, that, oh, I didn't really think about it like that. That was not what I meant. This, but that was what you said. But I didn't think about it like that. But that was what you said. Wicked. That's what the Bible says. So, so what's the word of God saying to us? The heart of the godly Things before, not just things, things carefully before. You can't think after you have spoken. How many people, you know somebody that thinks after they've spoken? Let me see your answer. I know somebody. It's not you. I know somebody. Let me see your answer. Come on, don't be shy. 
good, 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 good. Fine. You go and show them the scriptures, not in a negative way, in a positive way. <laughs> and listen, God expects you to think carefully before you speak. And when we don't do that, we hurt ourselves, we hurt our relationships. Think carefully before you speak. If you think carefully before you speak, again, many relational problems that exist today will not exist, true or false. If husband and wife think carefully before they speak, the problems that they are struggling with today will not exist, true or false. But the word of God commands us to think carefully before we speak. You have to think carefully before you speak. Say, but pastor, I just want to be free. (laughs) I want to be free with my wife. So you batter the poor girl and dump crap on her. That's not the freedom God is saying. Think carefully before you speak. That's the word of God. So I'm going to give you two, two principles of speaking life-giving words. It has helped me really and I pray it helps you. Two principles of speaking life-giving words. Two rules. Two things you have to keep in mind that will help you if you imbibe these two things you will speak life-giving words consistently, 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 consistently. Hallelujah. Number one. Are you ready? Number one. If you can't say something helpful, shut up. If you can't say something helpful, just keep your analysis to yourself. Shut up and think. Think first. Think. But please shut up. Many times I've said to myself, Femi, shut up. Femi, shut up. Femi, shut up. Femi, shut up. 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 Because, listen, listen. And I'll show you in the scriptures, Ephesians 4. It's in the Bible. Ephesians 4, 29. It says, do not let anything unwholesome, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is what? Helpful for building others up according to their needs. If you have something to say and it's not helpful in building others according to their needs, shut up. A lot of leaders wreck their companies. I've seen business people wreck their organizations because they don't know this principle. The people you are leading are not your slaves. So if you understand that God wants you to speak only things 
that are helpful to building other people up according to their needs. If you have none of such to say, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> that it may benefit those who listen. That, listen, it's the word of God. You can eye me from now to tomorrow. There's nothing that that will do. It can't change anything. It is the word of God. If you have nothing helpful to say, shut up. Shut up. Practice it. It will help you. Just keep the freaking mouth shut. Shut up. The scripture says, even a fool, when a fool keeps quiet, people think the person is wise. You just told him. They say, ah, that guy is very wise. Until he opens his, uh, his mouth. They are like, what? <laughs> if you apply this in your marriages, do you know what will happen to your homes? If you have nothing helpful to say, just keep quiet. I'm, did I say, if you have nothing that is right, you can have something that is right and correct, but it's not helpful. So the fact that it's right doesn't mean it's helpful. So if it's just right and it's not helpful, shut up. I think I need to hide. Apata, because the way some eyes are rolling, unbelievable, unbelievable. But you know me now. I have thick skin. Shut up. If you have listen, if you have nothing, the, your, the man has just come back from work. He's tired. Yes, the business is. There's a lot of challenges. You are, and you're saying, I told you, you should have done it this way. Shut up. Just shut up. The woman is hurting. She's still bleeding. Yes, you can see the whole thing. And you cannot come and gather her heart. And you're sitting down. This thing I've told you, you are going to suffer it. Shut up. Shut up. Praise the name of the Lord. If you can't say something helpful, <laughs> Proverbs 13, verse 3. For, quickly, it says, for, ah, for those who control their tongue, we have what? Long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. When you open your mouth, you can ruin everything. So the first principle is this. If you can't say something helpful, okay, be quiet. That's a nicer way to say it. <laughs> Number two, if you think something good, say it. Say it. You know, sometimes we feel challenged to, to pass compliments. 
We want to say it. You see somebody ask, the air is nice. You can't open your mouth to tell your colleague, your air is nice. You are saying it in your heart. Oh, I hear it's nice. Say it. Somebody else comes and says, oh, your ears. I say, oh, I wanted to say that before. Every time I think something good about God, I say it. Every time you think something good about God, say it. Ah, I thank you for always providing for, for us. Ah, I'm not, I'm not kneeling down to pray. Say, Father, I thank you. No, no, no. I, I, it occurred to me that if God has not provided, we would have been in trouble. Say, Father, I thank you for your protection. There are people that come to church. I mean, there are agents of the enemy that come to church with jars. Yeah. I say, thank you for hiding us. Thank you. When you think something good about your spouse, say it. You are so beautiful. My goodness. How lucky am I to marry a beautiful girl like you? (laughs) Just say it. It will kill you. Try it. Many times you want to do many things but say it. I have a friend that just... um, when I was in Patakot, he, he spent about $10,000 or something to, to do some things for, for his wife. And, and he says, I can't understand. She says she doesn't feel appreciated. I can't even cut my hand for this woman. She says she doesn't feel appreciated. How much money I've spent on her. She says she doesn't feel appreciated. Have <laughs> you said to him, now, God, you have to say it. He says, eh. Can she see by everything I'm doing? I say, she can see. But those ones should come after you have. Say it. And sometimes, particularly women, we are so uptight. We don't want to speak. We don't want to say it. We are clumsy. What I've said it, but it's awkward. Keep saying it. The first time it will be awkward. Second time, awkward. Third time, better. Before you know it, you are in the flow. Many times, we are concerned that what if it enters his head? What if it enters our head now? If I begin to say good things, say good things. Now, soon now, I know this woman, no, she begin to do bragado, bragado. Listen, listen. The Bible says it is a tree of what? Tree of life. Proverbs 16, 16, 24. Thank you. He says, gracious words, I only come sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Sweet to the soul and healing to the words. Gracious words, not gracious thoughts. Gracious words, gracious words, gracious words. Even when we are upset, you know, one of the things that, I mean, totally changed my life. You know, when we were growing up, I, I was a little bit naughty, you know. I was mostly getting into all the troubles, any trouble that can exist. Anywhere there's fight, Femi is there. 
anywhere there is trouble. I mean, it was also horrible. Not good. So one day, I can't remember, you know, I wouldn't go to classes. I would I go and play football. I would scale the fence and go and play football. And they would give us assignment. I wouldn't do it. And of course, it's, there's continuous assessment. Exam, I would try and, you know, but... So one day I had very bad scores. And my mom was flogging me and flogging me. She was crying and flogging me. But what she was saying changed my life totally. She was flogging me and she was saying, Femi, you are a genius. You are a genius. You are, I mean, I was like, is she, who is she talking to? And she's like, I am a teacher. I have six children. I teach hundreds of children. You are a genius. You are a genius. <laughs> you know, I left that beating session not remembering my pain, but saying to myself, wait a minute. What does this woman say? Guess what? Every time I'm in university, I'm studying something that is really difficult. I'm hearing my mother's voice. You're a genius. You're a genius. So, <laughs> so it changed my attitude. I'm not saying I am a genius. I'm just saying I have been Conditioned to believe so <laughs> from a very long age with a lot of koboko. <laughs> My grandmother would say to me, when I get into trouble, a lot of trouble, she would say to me, you are an apostle. I was a little boy. She would say, you are an apostle. God's call is upon you. You can run from, end, from north to south. Everybody, can't you see? She told me, you are different from every other person. You, you are an apostle. These are the words my grandmother. Listen, those words changed me. Many of us, we need to be deliberate about what we speak over our children. We need to be deliberate. Because those words will keep them. Those words will shape their destinies. Those words. My dad would say to me, he would buy a newspaper and he says to me, I was a little boy, maybe 10, 9. He would say to me to read the article. And my dad, after reading it, my dad would say to me, what do you think? It's usually about Awolowo and yeah. And politics. But you see, the fact that and at that young age, he's saying, what do you think? And he's waiting. And I'm like, what I think? Does it matter? Should I even have something that I'm thinking? So my dad forced me to think for myself. By that question, Femi, what do you think? I'm like, then I begin to think. And there was no time I said something that he said, rubbish. Not once. You just say, hmm, sometimes. That's another way to look at it. The words we speak, they are life. 
My spiritual father, late spiritual father, Pastor Esco, a few weeks before he passed on, I went to see him. And he was just finished physiotherapy, so he was on his bed. And he was telling me a lot of things. I was writing, he was talking, I was writing. I didn't know he was going to die. I was writing, he was talking, you know. The wife came into the room and I was like, what is Femi writing now? And she just, you know, she didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. But I was writing. And he said to me that this work, ministry, is a hard work, Femi. And he gave different examples of why it's a hard work. See this person. See what happened to the person. It's a hard work. See this person. See what happened to the It's a hard work. And I expected that he would say to me that you need to work on this area of your heart. I mean, that would have been fantastic. I I needed to hear that. You need to work on this area of your heart. He looked at me. He has this piercing look. It's like he's seen through you. He looked at me and said, and said to me, Femi, you have a good heart. I was like, I do? He says, yes. And he went on to explain, you have a good heart. Guard it. Ministry can be very messy. I've been in situations where people have said horrible things about me. And I'm like, is it me? And I remember what my spiritual father said to me. You have a good heart. You have a good heart. You have a good heart. What are you saying to your spouse? What are you saying to your children? What are you saying? For those that are struggling, you look, you've looked at your spouse, you're like, Pastor, you don't understand. This Jagbajantis that I've married, there's... <laughs> I want to give you an assignment. Maybe for everybody. Get home, sit down, and write 50 good things about your spouse. If you don't have a spouse, maybe about your, your pastor. <laughs> or maybe about your children, whatever. Just of someone you do life with. Write 50 good things. You know, the first time you do it, you will stop at number three. But if you keep at it, it will continue to flow. It will continue to flow. So, summary of what I've said, these two, is this. If it's not helpful, shut up. When you think it, say it. Say it. If it's not helpful, just keep quiet. When you think it and it's life-giving, that's LG, it's life-giving, say it, just say it, just say it, just say it. How many times have I, I mean, after someone comes to the, to the room and the person has done um, good air do, and you look at the person and say, oh, this air is nice, but you kept quiet. And that person came in and, and said exactly what was in your heart. Ah, your hair is nice. You say, I, I, I wanted to say that too. Too late. When you think Something that is good, say it. Say it. I like your jacket, sir. I've been looking at that jacket since. So maybe I should say it. <laughs> I like your hair too. 
<laughs> Maybe I should say it. <laughs> I like your dress, ma. Maybe I should say it. I wanted to say some one bad thing. But <laughs> I wanted to jab somebody that. <laughs> keep short. <laughs> keep short. Keep short. Keep short. Keep short. And it's not only to people, you see. Don't just encourage others with your words. Encourage yourself. Speak to yourself. First Samuel 30. First Samuel 30. Verse 6. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. I preach to myself sometimes. You have to learn to encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. Why? Because what you say, you will see. You will get what you say. So you have to encourage yourself. So, so the question is this. And that's the question you need to um, leave it. Or the issue you need to leave it. If you want to see it, do you want to see it? If you want to see it, say it. They're like, oh, pastor, but, you know, I don't actually, I looked at my wife this morning, not me, or you could say, you looked at your husband this morning, I don't actually think the guy is handsome. But do you want to see it? Say it. My, my handsome bloke. Just say it. <laughs> Just say it. In your mind, you're like, you can't, but, ah, pastor, I really want to abuse him. He doesn't even know how to tuck in his shirt. But is that what you want to see? If you want to see it, say it. What do you want to see? Jesus says to us, speak to this mountain. Say to this mountain. That's what he said. God said to Ezekiel, speak to the dry bones. Say Flesh will come upon you. Life will come upon you. Don't speak about the, the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Don't speak about the dry bones. Speak to the dry bones. Say what you want to see. Don't think about only say it. So if you want to Eradicate life-taking words. Do the things, the two things, for life-giving words. Which is, if it's not going to be helpful, shut up. If you think it, and it's life-giving, say it. So because what you say you will get. What you say, you will get. If you don't want to see it, don't say it. So, if you want to say it, if you can add this to the end of it, then say it. Every time you speak, if you can add, because that's what I want to see, then say it. If you say to your husband, you're a greedy man. You're just a selfish man. If you, if you want to say it, I'm not saying you should say it, but after you have said it, 
please add, because that's what I want to see. I want to see a greedy man in my marriage. You won't be able to add this. I hope. If you say to your wife, you want to say to your wife, you are just a stubborn goat. Please, add this one. Because that is what I want to see. I want to be sleeping with a stubborn goat. Walk, talking to a stubborn goat. Please add that one too. But, but is that what you want? You, so you can't say it. So if you can't add because that's what I want to see, don't say it. What if you say, you're such a generous man because that's what I want to see. You're such a beautiful girl. She said, oh, I'm not a girl anymore. But in the you're a girl. Because that's what I want to see. Because that's what I want to see. And that is how it should be. And when we get into that mode, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. Many times we feel, oh, my case is irredeemable. Oh, I wish I've heard this um, seven years ago when I got married. Oh, I wish I just heard this. Uh, listen, listen. With God, nothing shall be impossible. It is never, never too late with God. Never. The question is, are you willing to make these small changes? Because if we make the small changes in the words we speak, it will make a big difference in the life we live. So if you want to change your world, you have to change your words. You know, a, a classic example. Christ in me is stronger than the appetites in me. I have, for instance, an appetite to um, eat a lot. You don't believe me. I have an appetite to eat a lot. When the food is calling me, I will say, Christ in me is what? Is stronger than the appetite in me. I will tell myself, what's going on there? Christ in me is stronger than the appetite in me. You have an appetite for the opposite sex. It's pulling you. You say to yourself, Christ in me is stronger than the... If you continue saying it, you are going to kill the appetite. To die. Why? Because your words are that powerful. It's time to jog and to work out. And the appetite of laziness wants to come over you. You say to yourself, Christ in me is stronger than the appetite in me. Hallelujah. So the question is, 
What do you want to see? What do you want to see? If you want to see it, say it. What do you want to see? What do you want to see? If it's not helpful, shut up. If you think it, say it. What do you want to see? Even in Romans, um, Romans 10, it says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he's raised from the dead, you will be saved. What do you want to see? Do you want to see heaven? Confess Jesus. What do you want to see? Let's burn our hearts as burn our heads. What do you want to see? I want to see salvation in my life. I want to see my work with God real and tangible. I want to have a vibrant work with, with God. I want to be a child of God. That's what I want to see. I want to give my life to Jesus. Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you're seated. I used to be with God. I've gone away. Can I come back? Yes, I want, to, I want to pray with you. You can come back. That is me, Pastor. Lift up your hand now over your head. Lift it up and I'll, and I'll pray with you. That is me. You can lift up your hand. Lift it up well over your head. Shoot it up high. I will pray together. That is me. Over your head. Shoot it. Not on your head. Just slip it up. Slip it up. If you're online, the instructions are, are scrolling. That is me. Put it up over your head. I will pray together. Now, the rest of us, God bless you. I pray that pull up well. God bless you. God bless you. The rest of us, let's talk to God and say to him, Lord, I will keep my mouth shut when things are not helpful and I will speak when I think of the things that are good. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. You can say, put up your hand. That is me, Pastor. Can you pray with me? I want to pray with you. Wherever you are, put it up. Don't just put it up like this. Put it up over your head so we can see you. There are a lot of people here. And God bless you. Over your head, God bless you. Shoot it up over your head. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. I'm not calling you out. I just need to know you are there. Shoot it up over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. God bless you. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. That is me. God bless you. Oh, Father, we thank you. We pray for everyone that is coming to you today. We ask that you breathe upon these lives. Change these lives totally. Totally, my Father. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. Lord, we pray for everyone. The grace to keep quiet. When what we want to say is not helpful, give unto us. The grace, my Father, to say the things that are good, that is coming to our hearts, give unto us. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus Christ.